You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy Lutheran Schools Week. Happy National Lutheran Schools Yay. Week. It is an exciting week. Many Lutheran schools celebrating National Lutheran Schools Week this week. Some I know celebrated other times throughout the year as well. January can become <laughs> kind of challenging. <laughs> oh, to, it's still January, to, isn't it? It is. It is. But uh, many schools um, also dressing up this week <gasps> in, in a variety of... I know we we, we never get what? to participate in Why that. Why don't like, we get a spirit week? That's right. Get to wear like cool clothes to school and I think we, we need to do something like about that pajama day mismatch day yes. yeah I, mismatch day, day every day for a crazy <laughs> hair day that's right I, I do that every day we don't need a special week for that oh, well. uh, it is Monday that means it's mental health Monday we're going to check in with Deacon is Heidi Gaiman and in the second, second half of the program we'll get a recap of the March for Life the National March for Life yes. uh, that uh, took place just on this past Friday mm-hmm. so we'll we'll check in with some friends on that thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon it is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, always, always <laughs> good to, to check in with you, but I'm a little concerned about today's subject for... Are you afraid? I am afraid <laughs> yeah. of today's Be subject. very afraid. Be very afraid. Uh, today's subject uh, being fear. Um, mm-hmm. None of us know anything about fear. No, so, no. Uh, <laughs> it, it might have something to do with uh, human nature and original sin, and it might have something to do with uh, God's goodness for us. And so it's a big subject to unpack, as we like here on Mental Health Monday, I feel like. Absolutely. And I, I would say I thought I had a good grasp on what fear was until uh, until I became a father yeah. and now a growing <laughs> child who has his own whole set of fears as well and uh, responding to those fears and and. Uh, uh, comforting him through those. So it's changing my perspective on fear. And I think that we're probably going to do that today as well, uh, have a new perspective on fear. So uh, let's dig in. What is the relationship of fear and mystery? They, they kind of yeah. go hand in hand, right? Yeah, I think they do. And this, it, you know, deeply theological concept here <laughs> that I think we are remiss to ignore. And I find a lot that we do that thing where we separate psychology and theology so strongly as two separate sciences. And I think, thankfully, we're coming into a time maybe in our society where we have more open conversation about that kind of like what, what we do here. And mm-hmm. so understanding that our fear has to do with control. You know, it's always about feeling out of control when we feel fearful. And perhaps we can see this easiest in both the example of, you know, as an adult, like, I don't know why psychologists really like the bear in the woods example, because that's <laughs> maybe one of the least likely thing that's going to happen to us in life that, you know, that fear grabs a hold of, but maybe because it also doesn't bring fear upon us usually when we talk about it, because it's not likely to happen in our Monday morning, you know, but if we walk through the woods and there's a bear, like fear comes up and that's a, it's a reasonable thing. Um, and, and we could talk about maybe some other more trauma filled examples of things that might happen to us in our daily life where that (laughs) happens as well. But then as you mentioned, Andy, we see it also pretty clearly when we talk about kids, um, because their fears, we can cognitively think through them. You know, there, there's no crocodile under your bed. Um, you know, you don't, I remember as a kid, like jumping to the doorway if I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because I was convinced there was something underneath my bed that would grab my ankle. You know, kids have these fears. And as an adult, we're like, that's not real. Um, But for them, it is really, really real. 
And part of that is that they have much, uh, I feel like, better imaginations than we do. They aren't tamped down and there's a lot of goodness in that. But they also, I think, are connected to this concept of mystery. Everything is a mystery for them. They're really learning. And the truth is, when we are honest about it, the same is true for us as adults. There is so much mystery in life, so much we don't know and understand. And that touches on who God is for us and whether that's okay. Is it okay that we're not going to understand everything? Is it okay that he reveals just what we need in Jesus Christ and not necessarily more than that? And so it is a spiritual thing, fear is. And I think that's one reason we experience it so deeply. Um, I also want to talk on this coffee hour about the difference between fear, worry, and anxiety, because I think that is a really important distinction. Well, let's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just dig to it. do that. I know I can't, I'm just talking. <laughs> I, let's just listen to Heidi this morning. No. Um, but, you know, as I start talking about this, I feel really passionate about it because it's one of my areas of research. But um, as I started looking biblically, I found that uh, fear and spiritual platitudes seem to go hand in hand too. You know, someone comes to us with a fear and we want to shut it down pretty quickly. I think part of that is our own discomfort. We we don't like to be uncomfortable and someone else's fear comes into our lives. And now we are experiencing that in the suffering and rejoicing together in the body of Christ or in our relationships. And that's really uncomfortable. So we kind of push it off and that's not healthy. It's just not healthy. We we are called to sit together. Um, and and there's, an, there's an unhealthy place where we can't hold someone's fear. We can't do that for them. And nor should we ruminate with people to like build the fear and things like that. But um, we do need to respond to one another instead of push it off. And so, you know, someone comes to us and we mistake their real fear, perhaps, for worry. That's a really common one. So someone has a child, you know, uh, let's say a child going off to college because I'm that's kind of my life stage, right? <laughs> my first child's going to go off to college. And so I come to you and I'm like, oh, you know, she's going to go to this different city and live on her own. And um, I can share my experience with you and you can give me a Bible verse, uh, you know, don't have, oh gosh, why? I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, you know, consider the lilies of the field or um, uh, don't worry about today, uh, you know, or don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. Goodness, I am butchering the word of God this morning. <laughs> but it's really important that I am first listening and appropriately applying scripture because uh you can see how that has to do with my worry about my child going off. And worry is a thought process. It's something that we cognitively think through and we add, you know, almost like a checklist in our mind, if you will. And that can be that can be changed to some degree, but it does have to do with neurons firing and things like that. So it's not as easy as someone I think would like it to be. Um, but then fear is, you know, real trauma, real things happen in life that are fearful. And in the Old Testament, we see people going off to battle constantly. And we also see God honoring fear while telling them you don't have to be afraid because I'm with you. That doesn't mean that he's telling them, you know, get it together. We never see God do that. Instead, we, t we see him say to them, don't be afraid. I am with you. I'm walking with you. 
And so when people share, a, you know, maybe their house was robbed and they're not going to be over that in one week, three months, six months, whatever. Uh, maybe they've lost someone they love and death is now a very real thing in life and they have a fear. We need to sit with that and listen. Um, that is not a thought process. That's a very real thing that God put in our life as an alarm bell to say, hey, there are things in life that are valid, that are going to be fearful in a broken world. And so, so I think those distinctions are important. And then anxiety is something different. I mean, Greek and Hebrew, we could get into that, and that's a little bit more complicated. But I think in our modern context, anxiety, when we talk about anxiety, we're really talking about um, chemicals and hormones and neurotransmitters and things that are internal that people don't necessarily have control over. They're not going to just change their mind about their anxiety. That would be worry. Can you guys see the difference between those things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many more things I want to ask, but we have like Two minutes left. So, <laughs> of course we do. Of course we <laughs> as do. As usual, uh, when when we experience uh, fear as opposed to anxiety or worry, uh, what mm -hmm. what what can we do with what can we do with that? Yeah, I think especially finding uh, someone to to not join us in that fear, but to sit with us, to share it with, because God is the God is the cure. You know, if it's about control in our lives, remembering that God is actually in control, that he holds the whole world in his hand. And Colossians tells us he holds all things together. That's a huge reminder. And so we might open our scripture and spend time with God. And I do recommend Colossians for this. I, I know I, I'm a little partial, but I spent a lot of time there and it's really good for fear. Or, you know, even the early parts of Genesis, uh, God is creator. Like the fact that he is the one who formed and he is in control of this whole wide world. That's a big, helpful thing, I think, for people. But then also find someone else to share your story with that you trust, that is, you know, a trusted believer that is going to also open the scriptures with you and sit with you in the fear instead of giving you easy answers um, and help you process that. You know, what is reasonable? What is parts of worry about it? And what is genuine? And God can, um, you know, root that out and heal it and do what he needs to do with it. It's a it's a growth process, I think, so often when we experience fear. And um, it doesn't have to be, you know, as negative a thing as we make it out to be. You know, we don't want fear to rule our lives. But we also, you know, there's God is working in it just like he's working in everything else. So with about a minute, <laughs> uh, jump jumping ahead here to uh, mm -hmm. how do I know when I need to when I need help? Um, mm -hmm. How do yeah. I know if I need to, to seek out help? Always good. Same question we had last week with sadness and depression. You know, is this interfering with my functioning? If I am having a hard time uh, doing my work or if kids are having a hard time doing school and things like that, if I'm having a hard time in my relationships and it's really impacting my relationships, if I'm not eating, if I'm not sleeping, any of those things, if you can check one of those boxes, it is, it's probably a good time to ask for help. And you can see your general practitioner first and ask them, um, you know, what's available to you for those things. You can call a therapist. You can look on psychology today. They have a good therapist searcher that has even Christian therapists listed there or emdria.org has good EMDR therapists 
therapists that deal a lot with trauma, especially, and can accurately identify fear um, and things that are reasonable from the past coming up for you. And so, yeah, I think just if it's really getting in the way of any of those realms of our lives, our roles and our vocations, then it's time to ask for help. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, licensed clinical social worker, Mental Health Monday. Thank you so much for joining us again this Monday. Thanks for having me. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll take a a quick review of the March for Life that uh, happened this past Friday in Washington, D.C. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. (laughs) 